Hey there, it's Lisa from the Culinary Chronicles podcast. On this show, I will interview people from all walks of life about their food experiences and culinary journeys. Food, feeding my loved ones, sharing meals, and the conversations and love that fill the table are what this podcast is all about. My father was a butcher, my uncle a baker, and my grandmother's after-school snacks were always a delightful Sicilian treat. I've always celebrated with food and found gathering around a table the most amazing feeling in the world. Culinary Chronicles is my way of sharing this love of food with you. I hope this podcast fills your cup with entertaining tales about the love of food. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. Today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Dufflet Rosenberg. She has probably been called the queen of pastry and cake in the city of Toronto and maybe even in Canada. Uh, welcome to the show, Dufflet. I'm so happy to have you on with us. Thank you. Um, first off, I want you to just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. I mean, I know a lot about you, but tell us all a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm someone who's been working since since I was 20 years old, trying uh, at Dufflet Pastries and setting it up and making it work. I started in my house, in, well, actually my mother's house, and then I sold to one place called the Cow Cafe. And I actually didn't know how to bake at that point. My mother taught me everything I know. She was an excellent baker. And she gave me her three top recipes and we started to sell those at the Cow Cafe, which is no longer in business. But uh, that's how I started. And then I started to reach out and think about if this was going to be something I wanted to do because people started to find me there and ask me to, to supply them. And one of my first customers was the McGill Club for Women. Another one was Dinah's Cupboard. And Dinah and I, Dinah Koo and I are still in touch all the time. So that was, that's very nice to, to have that. And then in 1978, that's when Just Desserts opened in Toronto. I don't know if everybody remembers that, but it was at the corner of uh, Davenport, I think, and Bedford. And I just drove by there and the building's gone. It's so sad. Anyways. That was something that really propelled the dessert business in Toronto, I would say, because he brought, Rick Sanders was his name, and he brought in everyone who knew what they were doing about baking from home, the handcrafted. Before that, you could never get anything other than, you know, the, the typical Sara Lee dessert. So he really set the bar for a cafe with great desserts. I don't know, you're probably too young to remember it, but they had a, they had a, a display case just absolutely filled with the best things you can imagine. And they sold by the slice. And they were open till four in the morning or something crazy. And I went yeah. to Just Desserts. Yes, it was the place to go. Because before you yeah. could drink, that's where you went. You went, you had, you had like fake pastry drinks and, and pastries yeah. and coffee. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was really a game changer for, in, in many ways for many places, because I don't think anything like that existed. Even even in North America. Did you ever ask him where he got that idea from? Because it was brilliant. I talked to him when he was setting it up. And believe it or not, he actually asked me to get involved at the beginning. Went, oh, no, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I should do that. And, and then, of course, I regretted that decision. But, um, yeah, he just thought it was the best, the, the greatest idea. And he was very close with Dinah. So they had cooked this up together. Because Dinah was a, a, an amazing culinarian in Toronto. And she still is. Amazing. And what, tell, I'm going to go back a step. What were the top three recipes from your mom? Uh, an apple tort, 
which I think is it from Naomi's cookbook or maybe from Lillian Kaplan. These are the people that, you know, in the 50s and 60s, these were the, the, the mavens of, of Jewish home baking. And then I think I made a cheesecake, like a, a typical New York style cheesecake and a chocolate fudge cake. Those were the three. And the fudge cake was one that my mother made all the time. So it was a sour cream chocolate cake. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing! Well, and we we do make something similar still, you know, uh, forty eight years later. But it's gone through a few few transitions since then. And where was the Cow Cafe? Just for people's reference, on Dupont Street, Dupont and Howland. Okay, and you know, very uh, very close to Fat Pasha. Yes, I yeah. do. Amazing. And what is the McGill Club still around? Is that a private? No, unfortunately. And the funny thing is, is that I sold to them in that period of time, like the late 70s, early 80s. And then I ended up joining actually as a member of the late 80s. And they they just, you know, they ran into all kinds of problems. It was member owned. So it it got, it ran into some issues, but wonderful place for women only. (laughs) And tell us about your bakery and your facility and your products, because People may not be aware that they're buying your stuff day to day at some of the large grocers in Canada. So tell us about what you sell and where. Well, now we make many more items, as you probably know. We make everything from cakes to tart to bars, cupcakes. And they're available in most of the majors in in the GTA and in southern Ontario. And now, of course... We're looking to expand that further afield, like across Canada and the U.S. And what were your best sellers back then to now? Because I grew up with your carrot cake. That was our carrot cake is still number one. That, oh my gosh, that was our birthday treat: mm-hmm. carrot cake from Dufflet. Yeah, chocolate raspberry truffle cake, which is not the top seller, but one of a, a personal favorite. Okay. Um, chocolate truffle cake. We make. We're, something that we started, I guess, I never saw it in Toronto before, was the Dequas cakes with the meringues, with the hazelnut meringues. And we make that in a cappuccino flavor, yeah. and we just reintroduced our caramel brickle again. So Yes, so good. And it's great. We started out making a lot of made-without-gluten products well before people were going gluten-free, but now we have a fully certified line of gluten-free products. And what's the top seller for gluten-free? Is it... Vanilla cake or? No, carrot. <laughs> so whose recipe was that? Because that's the best cake. Well, the the carrot cake is, honestly, I think we started out with the silver palette recipe and then it went through a couple transitions. But I'm I'm a big fan of the, the silver palette cookbooks. Okay. And then, it, you know, it just kind of got adapted. When you're scaling up at the level that we do, you have to make a few adjustments. Yeah. So tell us where your first location was. Well, our first actual location, except for the for being in the home, was um, on Queen Street at 787 Queen. And so we used to work in the back. We didn't build out the storefront for about a year because I was really young and didn't know what I <laughs> didn't quite know what I was doing. Um, and then we very, very quickly outgrew that. So then we moved to Dover Court, Sudbury Street in Dover Court. And that was quite exciting. And eventually we kind of took over that whole building. We moved, we only had room for about three or four years at Queen Street. And then we moved to Dover Court and we stayed there for quite a while, like 20 years. Um, but we 
started out not using the whole building and then gradually we took over the whole building and then we had trailers and refrigerated trailers and freezers and it was just a little crazy and we put an addition on as well there and then we realized we had to grow into a bigger yeah facility what, what did your mother think about your budding career um i think she was proud of us and me um she also was the bookkeeper for Duffwet pastries right from the beginning until actually she passed away so it was she really liked to know what was going on and make sure the money was being handled properly Good. that was her her big thing. Very Jewish Italian mother. Like, yeah. If you go to old school Jewish, uh, sorry, Italian bakeries, I may be the same. Just the mother's always at the register. If, yeah. If they don't trust anyone. It's like, you got to have the mom at the register. So the family right. member has to hold the money. Yeah. That's so funny. So I was telling one of our chefs, Chef Yumi, um, about our chat today, and she had a question for you. So, mm-hmm. what was your best sweet eating memory? Wow. You mean like ever, ever? Like I would say maybe like as a child, maybe as a or... child, or you can give hmm. me more than one. Yeah, because there's so many. Like I guess childhood traveling last week, not the croissant, <laughs> not the croissant we had yesterday. We, no, we won't say where that was. Um, I am trying to think. You know, I I think discovering something like creme brulee, which I didn't know about, is I mean that's many years ago, but just something like creme caramel. My mother used to make us creme caramel, and I was loved it so much. It's one of my favorite desserts. Like crack, still. cracking the top. I remember that was well, creme brulee, but creme caramel, where you turn it upside down and the caramel sauce comes up on top. Love that. Yep. And meringues. I mean, my old childhood friends from public school still talk about how they'd come over for lunch when kids used to go home for lunch, and my mother would serve us these meringues, like Vacheron, it was called. So it was a, a baked meringue and she'd fill it with ice cream and chocolate sauce. And they thought this was the best thing ever. So your mom was quite the the baker. Yeah, she was a Julia Child fan. Was she? Oh my God. Have all the, the original Mastering the Art books and then I wanted the to TV do show. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to do a class of like all of Julia Child's favorite recipes, like for dessert. Which oh, that would be I fun. I have the book. I need to get on that. That reminds me. I love that. So, yeah, no, Julia, that's where our original Dacquois, the the meringues himself, come from with the hazelnut. So you could you could include that in your class. Well, yeah. And what was it like growing up in your household, like in terms of food? I guess your mom was experimenting all the time. Was she a great cook or was she? Well, she had her core items that she always made, but then as we got a little bit older, she really started to branch out and try different things. So then I think I got exposed quite a bit to um, gourmet cooking at a young age. And, then, and my father also was a uh, supplied restaurant equipment and built out restaurants. So we would often go out to eat to places, and you know, to especially places that he maybe had worked with and knew the owners. So, that was so you fun. grew up set up for this job. You were like, yeah, you had the equipment, you had the recipes, you had the support. Yeah, but I, I didn't think I knew how to bake until I started to bake. Amazing. So did Self-talk. you love it or were you, I guess you must have loved it to start? I liked, I loved it, but I'm not, you know, I think that the people who've come and work for me are probably more technically skilled and more, agile i'm not the best decorator or someone who knows how to you know i can handle a piping bag but i'm it's not really my thing but 
I do love dessert. There's no question. And what sweet, sweets are my thing. <laughs> what was it like starting a business as a woman back then? Because you were very unique in terms of your concept and your product. And that whole industry is still very much male dominated. What was it like back then? Because I found well, challenges. I must it must have been so different for you too. You know, I never really worked for anyone. That that was probably so I never got honestly, I never got exposed to that male you know, glass ceiling thing, because I always, I started, I started my own little business. It was always me. I was the boss. So I never had to deal with that. I mean, I remember when I first was going to start out, first of all, I also went to France and tried to do a few courses and there was no internet. There was no way to find out about things. You just basically had to write letters, which I used to write by hand and send them to schools. It was just such a different world then. Um, but I, I remember calling Carol Ogus, who owed Car Carol's Cheesecake, yeah. and asked her about, so what do I do? <laughs> what do I need? <laughs> yeah. And we've so. talked over the years, too. So we're still in touch. That's amazing. So that, she was really interesting and helpful. She was actually my grade three substitute teacher. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was funny. Whoa, it was whoa. a funny connection. But at that point, it was just her. And then I, I followed quickly after her. So where did you study in France or did you go to different I places? went to a couple courses. I went to a course in, in the UK, first in London. And then I also went to um, Le Note. I went about a month's worth of courses there. Of course, okay. at that point, they weren't translating for you at all. It was very French. So I was a little bit lost, but I, I, pers I persevered. No Google Translate back then. Did you have a no. dictionary or...? Yeah, pretty much. And I, you know, I realized at that point that French pastry wasn't going to be the thing that I was going to pursue as well. But I really love, love French pastries. It's just, it's so, it's very precise and accurate and very, you have to absolutely have a particular finesse when you make French pastry. And that's not really what Duplet Pastries is about. Mm -hmm. Duplet is more, it's more influence, but not. Right. So yours, you're more cakes and more, yeah, yeah, and more handcrafted. I guess this is artisanal. I hate that word, but yeah. So who bakes your birthday cake? Do they take uh, it off the line, or does someone actually make it for you? No, you know what? I don't. I usually just make something for myself at home. I don't. We don't usually do big birthday things at the bakery for people. Um, because we eat a lot of cake there and we also sample a lot of things. And we do actually pull things from our production and try them and make sure everything is the way it's supposed to be. And so, but so the days that I am at, in the office, it's like I get inundated with tasting. Eating. Yeah, tasting. And we've learned, we've learned to kind of, you know, how to taste and not necessarily swallow everything. So what's your main role now? Because after 48 years, I'm sure you've done everything. But what is your main role when you go into the, the office? Well, advising and tasting and trying things and a lot of meetings and discussions about things. Yeah. Amazing. And who makes dinner at your house? Uh, I'm mostly the dinner instigator. Right? Let's call it that. A lot of a dinner assembly, I would say, more than actually cooking. I'm a very simple cook but we you know we eat try to eat healthy when we eat at home for sure and you're in like a mecca of amazing restaurants around you what do you love yeah where do you guys love tempting. to pop into or do you guys eat out a lot 
Yeah, Foxley is a favorite of ours on Ossington. Uh, where else do we go? We like places like Three Speed, you know, which are just, or Skyline, because they're just diners and places that, you know, I always feel like, well, not so much those two places, but sometimes often on Ossington, you feel like you're the oldest person in the room. Oh, yeah. Everyone's 20. <laughs> the, 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 I'm like, wait, what happened to this Everything has changed. Yeah. Yeah. But we eat on Ossington. We, we like salt. Oh, yeah. We love salt. Yeah. It's um, always consistently very good. And we've been going to a place called Midfield quite a bit, which is uh, on Dundas. Actually, Dundas is kind of the new queen, right? So. It's uh, Dundas and Gladstone. Yep. That's it's also a wine bar, but also, he, you know, very interesting chef. He's doing a lot of things with fermentation. and. Oh, wow. Okay. I've only plate. had wine there. I didn't know there was food. Yeah. 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 Very good. All right. So what, as an entrepreneur, I love to ask questions of other entrepreneurs. What were your mm -hmm. biggest lessons you've learned from running Dufflet from a people perspective and then from a product perspective? I think some of the biggest lessons on a, for me personally is, you know, when you don't know the answer to something, go to somebody, go to the right people, go to the professionals and talk to them or try to teach yourself too. I mean, obviously the internet has made huge changes to everything. You can just Google anything you want and try to find out. But I also still have a huge cookbook collection, like hardcover books. Uh, baking books, and I still buy them because I'm still fascinated by all the things. So I've taught myself a lot with books. Um, although the younger generation does not use books, they like to look everything up online. But there's just there's limitations to online information as well. There's no filter, right? Right. So that's what I like about books. And there's no fact checking. No fact checking. No filters. Yeah. So I use my books a lot. So. I think that my biggest lesson has been to know when to look outside for an answer or something. And how about managing such a large team of workers? Well, it's challenging, no question. And there's uh, many things that you need to know about hiring and terminating and evaluating. It goes on and on. So having the right kind of human resource advice is extremely important. Yeah. We learned that over the years. Yes. And yeah. what, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start out in the food industry or setting up their own bakery? Because I've seen a lot of smaller, shops, smaller opening. shops opening and I'm like, oh. Yeah, a lot of graduates from the schools are going into their own thing right away. It's sort of like what I did in a way. And I would always tell anybody new going out, first of all, get, your, get an education, which I didn't do in baking, which the programs now at the major uh, colleges have improved tremendously mm -hmm. from when they... Even like 20 years ago, they've changed so much. So like George Brown, Centennial, Humber, you know, they just, it's just another world now and what you can learn in school. And if you really apply yourself there, I think you can get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think having the basics is really important. And even to do the, the pastry courses, but also do the culinary management. Mm -hmm. Business side skills too are yeah, super important. The business skills side. What do you wish you had more training in before you started? All of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did some night courses back in the day at George Brown because that was the only thing available. And I went to uh, the campus on Nassau Street. And that's how long ago it was. 
I have a friend who lives in those lofts now, and I go, oh, wow. oh my God, I remember this place. Yeah. So I did, I learned quite a bit from the, those chefs as well. Um, like, but I would always tell someone who's starting out to first learn what you need to learn. I wish I took more accounting courses because they yeah. were always optional in high school and optional. And I just, I was something that I never was pushed to do and it was never taught in school. So I was like, I don't need yeah. that. But now the value of that is so important to to know. I'm, I, I don't know exactly what they do in, in the culinary management programs, but I'm assuming that they do teach them quite a bit about... Like costing and all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Purchasing, another thing that you have to learn about. Yeah. Procurement, all those fun words. Yeah. Pivoting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, pivoting. Yes, that too. COVID pivoting. If you're interested in learning the baking basics behind making swoon-worthy cakes, I invite you to join our six-week online cake and buttercream course, which can be taken from anywhere in the world. Class starts every other month, and in these classes, you will make new connections and learn new baking and cake decorating skills. With weekly live Zoom meetings with our chefs, you will discuss your progress and your homework, and you will be on the road to becoming the cake decorator you've always dreamt of being. Training from our expert chefs teach you proven foolproof cake basics. This course is broken down into three different parts. Part one, cake. You will learn the science of baking cakes and test out your skills by baking six different recipes. Part two, buttercream. You will dive deep into the wonder of buttercreams testing out the most popular icing. Part three, decorating essentials. You will learn to stack, mask, and comb your cake to perfection. This space is filled with supportive, collaborative interaction and access to a fully immersive learning experience to transform the way you bake. You can find the link to join our classes in the show notes and use podcast 20 for 20% off. I look forward to baking with you. So we talked about the carrot cake being the most popular flavor Mm -hmm. of my birthday cake of choice growing up. What's your favorite cake flavor? Well, you know, my my flavor uh, choices kind of go up and down all the time. Like they always change. Like sometimes like I've been thinking about, oh, I want to make one of those old school key lime pies, oh, yeah. you know, with the condensed milk and the graham cracker crust, because I love it. And I haven't made one in ages. So I'll probably make one, give it away to my friends and stuff. or eat some myself, of course. But then I, I, also... I can volunteer to take one if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also, I just made a cake. I don't know what her book is somewhere around here. Um, there's a woman who's just done a book about French pastry. Uh, I can grab the book for you and show it to you. I'll bring it over to the screen. And so I made one. She made this cake called Susie's Chocolate Cake is in there. And it's apparently Pierre Hermes' favorite chocolate cake. So I tried it actually yesterday. Is it really good? It's good. It's very chocolatey and very fudgy. Like it's French in that, very French in that way. Okay. Yeah, I do love a good chocolate cake. But I do love... This is like chocolate fudge. It's It's almost flourless. Oh, wow. It has a little bit of flour and a lot of butter. Perfect ingredient mix. Perfect. Yeah. I do love chocolate, and then I do love, like, the lemon meringue and key lime. It's hard to find yeah. a key lime anywhere in the city. There's no Nobody one- makes the traditional one. Actually, I shouldn't say that because Skyline, the woman who went one of the partners in Skyline, she makes all their pies. So they try to do the diner pie thing. Oh, okay. And then... I think basically it's the same recipe, but just twisted into all kinds of different flavors. And she makes oh. peanut butter version. She makes the key lime. And I think where one is time she? she? Is she in Toronto? Yeah, they're on uh, Queen and Lansdowne. Oh, okay. And so she makes all these coconut cream 
And they're all like with the graham cracker crust. So they're very, very yeah. old school and delicious. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's all still really good. Yeah. I know you were asking about my favorite cookbook writers. too. Yeah. Who was that? Or who? Because so I'm I... sure you have a lot. Oh, yeah. How many cookbooks uh, do you have? Uh, you know what? I haven't counted them, but I'm going like to guess. 500? 200? No, maybe 200. Okay. Closer to 200. But um, I started out with, and I made a heater who was from Florida. She's probably, if she was still alive, she'd be well over 100, I'm sure. And her recipes are just exactly the kind of thing that I like to make. She had cookies, she had, she had a couple cake books, she had a pie book. And I was always a big fan of those. Uh, Alice Medrick from San Francisco. She had Cocola. I don't know if you ever knew about that. Glow Breaker. They're all from, they're you from are? the West Coast. Okay. Yeah. Dory Greenspan. Oh, yeah. We love Dory's stuff. Well, everybody loves Dory. Everybody loves Dory. And she's Dory. got that, she's got that French and not fancy French, home, homey yeah. French. And because I think she lives in Paris part of the year. And then she has her books are fantastic mm -hmm. as well. And then those are probably my most favorite. And they're all female. I love that. Yeah, I don't have that many male written books. Emily Lucchetti is another one that I really like. She was also from San Francisco. Star Restaurants. I mean, we're going back. Those places probably aren't even, don't even exist anymore. Um, there's Claudia Fleming. Uh, she was part of the group, that the Danny Meyer Restaurants. And then oh, she okay. left and came back. And she just came out with a new book. Who else am I thinking? There's lots of great books out there. The one I'm most fascinated with right now is... Uh, more, it's called More Than Cake by Natasha Pickovitz. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. And she's she's on a book tour right now. I noticed from her Instagram oh, account. Okay. But she's very curious. Where's she, she from? She she's worked all over the place, but I think she lives in Brooklyn. Okay. And she's really taking, and she worked for some of the top restaurants in New York as well. But And she does this also thing where she runs these bake sales for fundraising event for her own fundraising. Oh, okay for different organizations. And I think they're more women-oriented fundraising. Oh, and so she's a really interesting person. And the recipes are quite unusual. Like she, they're a little bit of, they're definitely Asian influenced because she's half Asian. And just a combination of ingredients and things. So it's quite curious. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So now yeah. that, this is my next question. If you're going to have an amazing dinner party, who would you invite? I would invite Natasha for sure. But that's, a current fascination. <laughs> of. I would invite. Geez, I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass myself at my own dinner party with my very basic cooking. So, uh, who would I invite? No, you could get it catered. So don't worry. Oh, I can have it yeah, catered. Yeah. That's true. It do with these people. I'm just thinking. Who would I? I'd want to probably have my friends like, more than anything. Perfect. Else. Yeah. No, it doesn't no. have to be anyone. My old friends. All your friends. I, I would like to have some of the people that I've, you know, that, that helped me too along the way as well through my journey. Who helped you? Who were anyone that we would? Well, well, we talked a little bit about Dinah Koo and um, I'm trying to think who else would I want to have there. Maybe Julia Child, but that would be an interesting person to have there. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be a quiet dinner party. No, wouldn't be. She's <laughs> just very effusive. The gal we used to watch the Galloping Gourmet too. Do you remember that? Yeah, um, I that was a Canadian show. He was a lot of fun. His name I can't think of his name right now, but we used to watch um, 
Dory would be amazing to have. I would love to. Can, meet her is she sometime. Canadian? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. They live in New York, I think. We used to watch Walk with Juan and uh, oh, that, yeah, yeah. that Italian guy. What was his name? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there was an Italian like guy, too. Like a red, too. big hat. It was the yeah, only yeah, two yeah, like, yeah, yeah. cooking shows that I remember as a kid. And now look at the Food Network. It's just 24-7 content. I'm not a big fan of the, the competition. It stresses me out too much to watch them. But, uh, you know, and I think that the great, the great British Bake Off, that whole series of shows is yeah and all the various renditions of it are quite fun to watch too i went to prudely school to study and oh, her cookbook wow. is amazing i love it like it's not even her cookbook her class book is fantastic so i've got a lot of recipes from there i think i i, I looked into prudely back in the way way back then and i thought that was also another option i don't know how i got where i ended up it was it was more like a debutante school like they were, you know, they call them Sloan Rangers yeah. right? in, in London. And so it was me and a bunch of Sloan Rangers. It was a very odd combination. But, you know, I learned quite a bit from them, too. Oh, gosh. I used to go I to I didn't Mayfair. know there were schools for that. Yeah. Yes. In London. Yeah. But isn't that teaching to... you how to walk and glide in a tiara and a ball gown? But then they had to do cooking, too, as part of oh, their gosh. training. So. You must have hated it. Huh? I didn't. Did you hate you know, it or love it? Were you like, this is the most ridiculous thing? Or I liked it. I mean, I liked <laughs> everything, but it, it, I guess it, again, it was like there were no reviews. You couldn't go to, you know. Yeah, this just predates all the available oh information that we have now. That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so we have this dinner party with your friends, Julia Child, Dinah, Natasha. What What are you ordering, or what's Marty making? Oh, he's not cooking, probably. But uh, uh, gosh, what would we order? That's a good question. I don't. Funny thing is, I we actually don't order in that much. We eat a little bit of like we like Indian rotis, yeah, because they're so delicious. And it's just something I would never cook. It no, I would never cook Indian food. Probably I make small versions of Indian food, like one dish at a time, but not. Not at the level that when you eat Indian cuisine, and I love I love Indian food. Um, so I might have an Indian banquet. That would be delicious. Yeah, it, there are so many Indian restaurants though in Toronto to choose from. There I don't are. even know where I would start. And there's like the South Indian, North Indian, the veggie, the naan. It's like oh my gosh. Yeah. So I might have Indian. I also I also like. Believe it or not, I like all the dim sum places too, which would be fun to have as a, a whole meal. Dumplings and dim sum, yes. Yeah. It sounds amazing. So what's a typical day like for Dufflet? Uh Well, you know, now I'm still trying to make a few things a week at home, like baking, just to see, come up with some new ideas and thoughts. And maybe my partner, my business partner and I are planning to do some recipes and photos on our blog or website blog and include some things just from our travels and things that we see and do. And I made, I'm also trying to learn how to take proper photographs because that's not, not something I've ever really learned how to do. And I have a couple of friends who are very good at it who are going to coach me. But I made a Swiss walnut tart because it's something that she's Swiss background and has brought me from Switzerland a few times. So I made that. 
and we sort of grafted and it was very good. So things like that. So we're trying to come up with a few things that we want to put in our I love that. So are you the, mm -hmm. with the recipes? Are you the main recipe developer or do you have a team or how does it work? Uh, there's a team at work who works on everything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the basic recipes are there. I mean, they always need a little bit of improvement sometimes. And when, you, again, as I said, when you start scaling up and you have to produce at a certain speed, you really need to make some adjustments to things. Yeah. And are you there using depositors and big yeah, mixers? Giant machines. And... Are yeah. you seeing any trends now in like your sales in terms of people going more towards gluten-free, you said, or is there any other trends? Like are people asking for different flavors or different kind of uh, health? I think, I think gluten-free is very strong still. There's plant-based as well, which we do offer a few options, is, but I think that gluten-free is here to stay. As is plant-based, but plant-based maybe not as much in the cake world. There's not as many options. Although I see there's a cheese, there's cheesecakes and chocolate cakes and apple pie out there. Uh, you know, it's just not quite the same as using butter and yeah, eggs. That's the hard part. So with gluten-free, you have a little bit more freedom to use the, the ingredients that you want to use. Yeah. Nothing beats butter. A good buttery buttercream. Is there anyone you admire in the food world that you like? love what they're doing right now and in the cake world or even just in the restaurant world? Wow. Um, well, I'm one of the few people who can say they've been to El Bulli. Oh, wow. In Spain. It's many years ago, but it was quite an experience. And I would, I feel very privileged because I know he closed his restaurant, you know, not long after we were there. What was that like? Tell us. Oh, it was, it was truly an amazing experience. How many hours was that or what? I don't you, know. Do you remember? Third, I, I think we counted the courses and they're tiny little things, even just smelling something's a course. I think there were 32 Michael. little tiny things that were brought and we were just laughing and having fun and tasting. And you had more, there was more staff than there were actual people eating there. It was quite an experience. And it's funny because the next day we got, we have a, a tandem bike. And so we were cycling through this trip. We got on our bike and we went to another town called that apparently this little seafood restaurant is one of Fernand Andrea's favorite places. And we had the most unusual fish you've ever seen. It was a hole in the wall. And of course, the next day we were both got food poisoning. Oh, no. <laughs> so were you invited the by the chef or did you just no, no, no to get we reservation? Just, we just, oh, to, for, to Albuli? Yeah. We have a friend who's a professional cyclist who was living in Girona at the time, and oh. he got the reservation, oh. and then he ended up not being able to go. So we went with, an, uh, we, we scrounged up a few more people, and off, we didn't want to waste that reservation, no. that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. And tell, so, tell us. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know where to say. I haven't, no one's been traveling, so I haven't been anywhere super exciting like that. What's next on your list? Where are you going to next? I'm going to New York just to the fancy food show. Okay. No, but for, for, for holiday, years. for holiday. Oh, holiday. I no, no plans at the moment. I went skiing in uh, late February to, in March to, um, we went to BC. We just went to Fernie and Nelson. And it's good food, but it's not what I would call haute cuisine at all. Culinary. Where's your next culinary trip? Where would you like culinary to go? Culinary trip. Yes. Well, we used to go, when we were doing the fancy food shows, we used to go to San Francisco to the show, 
every year. And San Francisco is an amazing food city, like fantastic restaurants. And so research and try to figure out where and get your reservations. And it was all very exciting. But I haven't been for quite a few since the pandemic. But where would I want to go is probably more the question than where am I planning to go. I'd like to go back to Girona and I'd like to go. I'd like to just take a trip to Paris. I haven't been in so many years. All the chocolate, all the pure. And you're going to take me on a, the pastry tour. I will. And we'll go to Or Latin. I'm going to grab a bike from all the, from the city bike programs. And yes. Well, I have a, own. there's a great three hour tour that does all the food stuff and it's right near La Cuisine Petty. Yeah. So we can have dinner with Jane and oh yeah. Yeah, so that would, so good I would really like to do that again because it's been many years since I've done that. I didn't even like to take a class just to, yeah, just for fun. Just the way I did the chocolate tasting class. You yeah. Know, just, just for my own personal enlightenment. Yeah. Well, they have a really great class too, which is a market class. So you go to the market and you just pick random stuff and then you come back and make it with a chef. Right. Which is so magical and fresh and you're all cutting onions and, you know, yeah, I wish Dory would teach while she's in Paris or David David Leibovitz because they both have such great uh, newsletters about Paris they and do. their whole experience there. Yeah. Ah, okay. Get your air miles out. Yeah. Get your air miles out. Well, yeah, that's been a great chat. I think your experience in the industry and your knowledge of food and your palate when you took the chocolate class, our chocolate sommelier Mary Lou said you have an amazing palate, which I no doubt think you do because of all your testing and recipe testing and mm-hmm. i think yeah you've blessed the city with some wonderful cakes for 48 thank years you. and thanks thank you and i hope to continue yes yeah we're excited think... to taste all of your new pies and recipes and yeah yeah they're definitely going to be out there yeah so thank you for being on the show and uh, we will check out your blog and your links and how can people find your cakes what's your website it's stufflet.com and you can there's a where to buy list on there so you can figure out where what's close to where you are in order to purchase and hopefully that list is going to grow quite a bit and yeah and it'll tell you where to find everything yeah all right and also the rest i'm hoping the recipes will be on there as well oh the blog i want to i want to check out that pie that you made or the walnut cake yes yes it's these are not necessarily original but they're things that we really love to eat yeah. Sharing is the best. You get to learn yeah. so many different things, so many different people. So blogs are for amazing. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Deflet, and we will Thank speak you. to you soon and we'll see you on the cake circuit. Thank you. Okay. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of Culinary Chronicles Made with Love. Before you go, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. For more information on the show, visit ladolching.com. And for more behind the scenes, follow me on Instagram at Lisa Sanguidolce.